Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm so proud of this church and those watching online. That's really our third location right now. Those that are online, we welcome you. And man, what an awesome opportunity in the midst of adversity to practice generosity and not make it about us. Honestly, it really is. It's like one of those Nehemiah wall building stories where we don't actually see a miracle in that story. But for us to get from where we started to where we now are, just this last week eclipsing a million meals, really is a miracle story. It's a miracle testimony of the generosity and the sacrifice and the serve of this church. Come on, can we just celebrate the House of Hope? Celebrate what God did. We were limited in our gathering, but we did not um, have any limits on our sacrifice and our serve. And we made a difference in the lives of thousands of people. I love that our church was the main uh, place for, for food distribution for like literally like 30 churches in the metro. Uh, from the Kansas City Public School System to the Boys and Girls Club and well beyond. Uh, thank you so much for playing your part. And here we are. We've weathered this storm up to this point. I would say it's great to see your face. Um, I can only, it's great to see your eyes. That seems wildly inappropriate, uh, but I'm just going to double down on that. You have beautiful eyes and I just love you so very much. And uh, it's great to be back in church with you. Welcome back home. And as difficult as it has been, God does great things in difficult seasons. And maybe you just barely made it by. Maybe you barely made it in the room. Maybe you're not quite there yet and you're watching at home. I don't know what you've faced. I do know that your God is so faithful. He will not allow you to face something that by His grace, His power, and His ever-present help, you not only want to get through, but you'll get on to what He's trying to grow on the inside of you. Do you believe that? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to gather again. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in the midst of adversity. You're up to something great in this world around us where so much seems to be going wrong. We still keep our eyes on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. You did not bring us this far in the journey to leave us or for us to falter. I thank you. You will bring to pass every promise, every dream, every destiny. Lord, we thank you that we are people maybe living in a culture of fear, but we don't have a spirit of fear. We have power and love of the sound mind. We might be living in a culture of um, of, of fighting and pain and problems. But Lord, I thank you. Blessed are the peacemakers. Because we're going to see, we're going to see God. We're going to see your goodness. We're going to see your faithfulness. Lord, we love you. We celebrate you. Those that are online, those that are in the room, we believe you're going to do something special in every heart, in every life. If you believe that, can I get an amen? Amen. Got to amen a little louder through the mask. You just got to go a little bit louder. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, hey, I want to shout and holler a ton tonight because, or today because I'm just excited yeah. and I'm passionate. But I, I really believe you need a little bit more than just some hype. You need some help and you need some hope. And I do believe this message, I think, can really help you build your life. Worship team, you've been phenomenal. Thank you so much. Please exit the stage and grab your mask on your way out. <laughs> You're amazing, incredible. I want to start off with this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. I actually just quoted a little bit of it in my prayer, but... It says, we all experience times of testing. Do you know that these problems that we face, they're actually there to grow us. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. 
I love this. He will screen and filter the severity, the nature, and the timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity not to beat you down, but for you to trust him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape and will bring you out victoriously. There's victory on the other side of your adversity. I like how one translation says it this way. He will also provide in the midst of your temptation or the midst of your struggle an escape and you'll be able to endure it. Thankful for God, the opportunities by his mercy that we get to escape some of the trials. But then by the grace of God, sometimes he doesn't allow us to escape. He allows us to endure, which is good because we don't get to choose that we, how to escape every single problem or every single trial. We do get to choose the fact, though, will we trust him? Will we learn? Will we, will we awaken to the opportunity before us so that we can endure? But no matter what, whether we get to escape some of the situations, there's the people sitting on the row with you who've had a whole lot more worse than you have during this pandemic. And yet there's some people maybe in front of you that you've had it more difficult than them. Every one of us, it says this is common to every human. Obviously what we faced isn't just been for Hillsong Church or Kansas City, this has been a global pandemic. But we don't get to choose what we get to escape, but we always get to choose what we're willing to endure. And when we trust in him in seasons of struggle or of testing or trials, when we endure well, it says we come out, he'll always lead us out victoriously or towards victory. And so don't hit the escape button on every storm, but choose instead to be faithful. And I wanna speak just a little bit about God's vision for your life, because I feel like this is the first thing that gets kind of sucker punched out of you in the midst of a trial. Maybe your, your, your finances were going well, but before you know it, like, you didn't see this coming. They, maybe, maybe you've got furloughed or your hours got, I know I've talked to dozens and dozens of people in our church that either lost their job or had to go to part-time or lost some of their resources. Every one of us have had some sort of difficulty in this season, but you get to make the decision, am I going to just try to escape all of this or am I gonna to choose to endure? Is there victory? Where can I find it in the midst of what I'm facing? And I feel like the first thing that gets taken away from you is your vision for the future. I think the first thing that gets taken away in times of trouble and problems is that God dream and destiny that already seemed far away before the present difficulties and storms settled in. I think what you need to understand about dreams is that dreams come from God. Dreams are born on the inside of you long before they're realized in your reality in the outside world. I think dreams start in here and it sometimes takes a long time for them to become real on the outside. If there's ever a season I thought that dreams could die or vision could, could, could dwindle, it would be right now. And so that's why I wanna speak, I think, to get through what we're going through and to get onto the victory that God has for us. We gotta get a little more God vision got to get to see things from a perspective of destiny and purpose. And we need to get our God dreams back. I want to speak today, those watching online, those in the room, how to have a dream that won't die. Because I feel like there's some graveyards for some of your things that you have been believing for. And if I could, just by the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, and just through some encouragement as your pastor today, I want to get that defibrillator ready to bring you back to life. Just get your inside world, your heart pumping a little bit more for the things of God, realizing that this storm that seems so difficult to get through, God's gonna see you through, and there's victory on the other side. 
But the way to get through is to, to look up so that you can level up. That's what we were talking about the last 21 days. We had daily devotionals on getting your perspective right so you can get on to the good things God wants to do. Because I don't know about you, but there's a lot of fog around. There's a lot of things fogging out clarity. You know that a little bit of water can create a lot of bit of fog. A little bit of storm can create a lot of bit of problems. In fact, like to cover an acre of, of, of property up to a, a three feet or more high, it's just one glass of water. You know that's what fog is? It's just billions of little pieces of water that refract the light and stop your vision from seeing forward. In other words, just a little, a couple spoonfuls of problems if they, if they get out of control, if it spreads out in front of you, can stop your perspective and your vision and can keep you stuck where you're at, not able to see on the horizon of what your God is calling you to. The Bible also talks about that your life is just a vapor, that it's here one day and it's gone the next. It happens quicker than you think. And to make sure that this life that goes so fleeting and quickly actually matters for something significant, you gotta learn to let God wipe away all of the fog, all of the things that might bring lack of clarity and show you why he has you here and what he has called you to. Because the enemy loves to steal your vision. He loves to pollute your vision. He loves to get you doubting the destiny that you felt at one season or another that God has called you to. Look what it says in Proverbs 29, verse 18. I love this from the message paraphrase. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. If I'm holding on to what God has revealed, and what God is revealing, I'm able to walk into blessing. But if I lose sight of the significance of what God has called me to and the purpose of heaven for my life, it says that I'm gonna stumble all over myself. In other words, if I keep holding and fighting for my God vision and destiny, I'm gonna live a life that walks in security and blessing. But if I'm constantly looking around me and trying to judge whether God is with me or for me based upon the circumstances that are happening to me, I'm gonna stumble through life. I'm gonna miss the mark of what he's called me to. That's why you gotta let God, it says, to those that attend to what he revealed. In other words, you gotta keep your attention in place. To keep your God dream, you gotta make sure, what am I giving attention to? What am I giving time to? What am I allowing access to in my heart and my mind? And if I can learn to go from attending to just the circumstances around me to attending to what God is revealing, what God is saying, what God is doing, I can go from stumbling to security. I can go from breakdown and stand into blessing. It's time to give attention to what God could be doing even in the midst of the adversity that we are facing. Acts chapter two, verse 17. It says, in the last days. How many of y'all feel like those are these days? Feels like it sometimes. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. God does speak through the things that he shows us, reveals to us, gives us a picture, a glimpse, a glimmer of what could be happening. That's prophecy, that's visions, and that's dreams. Yet many of us will look around, there's a famous quote, most men look around and see things as they are and they ask, why is this happening? 
but there are some that look at things that have never happened before and ask, why not? And this is the perspective we need to have as people of faith. Life doesn't just happen to us. Problems do happen, and sometimes they happen for a reason. Sometimes they're the creation of our own mistakes. Sometimes, in fact, I believe they're allowed by God to happen in our world. But instead of looking around at your difficulties and ask, why is this happening? Start to look to your God beyond the problems to your destiny and say, why not? Why couldn't this happen in my life? Why couldn't we bring revival to the Midwest? Why couldn't we feed a million meals to people in their time of need? What could God be wanting to do instead of looking around wondering, God, where are you at in all this? I love that it says you have to attend to the word and it filters out everything that isn't real, everything that isn't valid, and everything that is inferior to what God is saying and what God is wanting to do. You have to have that word become that window that you see your life through. And then when you begin to do that, you're gonna begin to get that vision, perspective, that prophecy of what God is wanting to do. You're gonna get that dream back You'll be able to see it as God wants it to be done. I think the first thing you're gonna do if you're gonna keep a dream alive or make sure that you have a dream that won't die, you have to make sure to make it into a God dream. It's gotta be a God dream because there's a lot of selfish dreams out there. And those are the ones that aren't going to be resurrected. They aren't going to make it. You have to make it into a God dream. How do you know if it's a dream just for you or if it's about what God wants to do through you? Are you the center of attention in this dream? Or is God the one who gets all the glory? Is this for your own fame or is it to make Jesus famous? Listen, you're thinking a God dream. If Maybe if you grew up even like I did in church, like you weren't really living as a Christian unless you like sold everything, lived on the mission field forever. Okay, that's for a very select number of people, a handful of people. God actually wants your family and your future to be so beautiful and brilliant that the world takes notice of the goodness of your God. But you cannot be the center of attention in this dream if you want it to live, if you want a dream that won't die. Does this dream just bless you or does it impact others around you? I had a dream 22 years ago uh, to be the starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls. They had a few white point guards back in the day, and I felt like they needed another one. Uh, there was some problems with that dream, uh, some vertical problems, some talent problems, but with God, all things are possible to him who believes, and, and yet that dream died quickly and severely. At right about the ninth or 10th grade, I realized that wasn't going to become a reality, and yet I will say this, my life and the journey of my life hasn't always been what I thought it would be, but the family the church I get to build, the people I get to do life with, it is so much better than a dream that's fully centered on me. And I will say for you in your life, I want you to dream really, really big. I think God, I think we insult him with small thinking. I think we insult him with lack of dreaming for big things. But just take whatever dream that you're currently holding onto and just say, okay, God, investigate it, examine it, remove what needs to be removed, add what needs to be added. I'm just gonna go ahead and put you at the center of attention of it all. That This isn't about my own fame or my own finances. This is about your glory and kingdom gains. This is everything you wanna do. Here, God, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it, God, to, to you. And I feel like in this room, I know there's a lot of dreams that have died. I know some of you are sitting and you have much more regrets than you do have vision for your future. And I do believing by the grace of God, just with the special touch of heaven, one word from God, he's gonna resurrect the God dream again. And you're gonna leave here 
Uh, are you gonna go on to your Sunday with a fresh perspective and a little extra energy in your step because you know now that you're living out a God dream, that God is revealing you sometimes day by day and step by step, but he's gonna show you the future he intends to bring you into. All of us will face, as that passage of scripture say, adversity. All of us are gonna face trials and temptation. But adversity can either be the graveyard of regret or it can become the factory of your future. And I just tend to believe for the people of Hillsong Church, for people that are living kingdom first, that all the adversity we have faced up to this point, I mean, it's been 20 weeks online until today. And I know that's not the end of the world. That's just a church gathering. But I happen to believe that when you come together in the room, something powerful happens. And we haven't had access to that in over about four months plus. But now as we're back, I just think this adversity, did it just beat us down and leave us left for dead? Or will we allow God to use it to build us up, not take for granted maybe something that we treated lightly before? When I think of dreamers in the Bible, obviously we have to think about Joseph, the one who had just a radical dream, an incredible dream. And yet through that incredible dream, he faced hardship unlike Almost even any of the characters in the Bible, he faced problems after problem after painful situation. And yet the dream, the God dream came to pass. It was a dream that couldn't die. Genesis 37, it says this, one night Joseph had a dream and he told his brothers about it and they hated him more than ever. How many of they already hated him? These might not be the people you want to tell your dream, especially this one. It says, hey, hey guys, they hate me. Come here, listen to this dream. We're out in a field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. In other words, everything you're doing with your life is going to worship what I do with my life. A couple problems with this dream. The first one is the dream was about him. He made it about him. When really the dream was about what he would do, not really who he, who he was. In the long run, we see that this dream would be about what God would do through him for others. And see, he didn't have that mentality. He didn't make it into a God dream. It became God, his dream of what God would do for him instead of what God wanted to do through him. What do we learn from Genesis 27? Not everyone can handle your dreams. Not everyone can handle your dreams. They says that they hated him now more than ever. Second, your dreams are not instant. They don't happen overnight. They take some time. Thirdly, dreams, in fact, the great God dreams are always gonna come with difficulties, are always gonna come with adversities. What we see in the scripture, it's what we see play out in human history. People that believe for something big are, have to, are having to go through something difficult. Genesis 37, they say, here comes that dreamer. They say to each other, come now, let's kill him. How many of that escalated really quickly? Let me kill him and throw him to one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. And then we will see, verse 20, what will come of his dreams. Sometimes before the dream comes to pass, you're gonna have to face some nightmares. Nightmares happen. I think this has been, for maybe many of you, for all of us, a, a, a difficult season to dream. And yet some of you, you've woken with situations of pain, anxiety, maybe lack in your life, and it's become a nightmare over night. What we have to learn from Joseph, what we learn throughout scripture, in fact, what we learn just from great men and women throughout the history of humanity, that they're going to face some difficulties, but when life goes wrong, the, the dream still stands. And you need to hold on to that right now in your heart. No matter what you're facing, the dream is still alive. As long as you're alive, the dream's alive. 
It might seem like it's been left for dead, but remember the God that we serve is the one that raises the dead and he can bring it to pass overnight even. More often than not, he takes his time. We'll look at that in a moment. But if you're facing adversity, you're a perfect candidate for a breakthrough if you do not give up, if you do not quit. When life goes wrong, the dream still stands. Even when it feels like death, the dream still lives. Romans 11 verse 29 is for God's gifts and his call on your life. They can never be withdrawn. They're irrevocable, the Bible says. In other words, you might make mistakes. His gifting on your life, his calling on your life, it still stands. People might have lied against you, held you back. You might be in a season of anxiety or tension or struggle. Your marriage might be in the middle of a battle. His calling and his gifts cannot be withdrawn. The destiny on your life still stands. It still stands. Well, pastor, you don't know my struggles. You don't know my problems. You don't know my pain. When I look at the life of Joseph, I guarantee you, you've not had one that bad. And I'm not making light of your problems. And I have just several stories and testimonies of people in our church that have gone through unbelievable things. You can almost make a movie about the problems that they have faced. Or for sure, you could write a country song on most of them. <laughs> but they face some real issues. But when I look at Joseph's life, like, have you been thrown into a pit? Have you been, did your family now think that you're dead because your brothers lied about you? Have you been abandoned, betrayed, falsely accused of rape, thrown back in prison, forgotten? Everything he goes through is just, it's a long list of trials and struggles, and yet the dream still lives. And I do not know your current scenario or situation. I don't know how bad it is, how low the finances are, how difficult the relationships are. I don't know the anxiety that you're facing. I just know this, as long as there's breath in your lungs, there's an opportunity to keep praising God. And if you'll keep praising him over time, there is a payoff at the end of it that you're gonna come out of this victorious. I mean, the Bible is filled with like crazy train wreck people that do unbelievable things for God. I mean, some of the characters in the Bible are more likely to be on Jerry Springer than they are to be representations of Jesus Christ. And yet, these are the people that God chooses. And so as long as you're still alive, the dream still stands. In fact, write this down. To have a dream that won't die, you have to understand my, my yesterday doesn't disqualify my dream. My yesterday, my current situation, where I'm facing right now, what I walked through yesterday, all the mistakes of my past, they do not disqualify the dream that I have. When it comes to building his church, I'm sorry, when it comes to Jesus building his church, which is priority number one to him, to seek and save the lost, he does that through the church, the movement of Jesus on the earth. I think we all understand that. Jesus' priority number one says, I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's the most important thing to God is the people of faith reaching more people. It's the salvation of humanity. Everyone tracking with me? And when he wants to pick his number one draft pick for the person who's going to bring the message that matters the most, the ministry of Jesus, to the four corners of the earth, he goes, okay, number one draft pick, who am I gonna pick? Not the one that prays the most. No, not the one that's done everything perfect. In fact, he looks at a guy named Saul. Saul, who used to come, literally did the opposite of what Jesus thought was the most important thing, building the church. He was destroying the church, tearing it down. He was an enemy in adversity against the thing that Jesus said he wanted to build. But God says he's just one God encounter away 
from turning it completely around. From a change in dream, a change in direction, and a change of destiny, he just needed a fresh encounter with me. And that's where Saul becomes the apostle Paul. And because of him, not only do we have huge chunks of the New Testament and a revelation of God's grace, but because of him, the Bible began to spread, the word of God spread, salvation began to spread all over the earth. And he'd be the last person most people would pick, but he was Jesus' draft pick number one. I don't know where you would be on the list, but I guarantee you, by the grace of God, one God encounter in your life, no matter how mis many mistakes or problems, situations that you've been in, I just know that you just need one God encounter and you can turn the whole thing around in a moment. That's the goodness of our God. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 1, he says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who's given me strength, that he considered me faithful, even when he wasn't faithful. He's appointed me to his service. Even though once I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent man, I was shown mercy. And then we have Joseph who keeps coming up against adversity, problems, and pain. Left behind in jail, forsaken, broken promises. Seems like he'd have a broken dream. But from one day to the next, he goes from prison to appointed, literally like the vice president or leader of the known world at that time, the most powerful nation in the world, but before he got that day of promotion, he had so many pain, so much pain, so many problems. It was one step forward, two steps back. Every day of delay, let me tell you, you are actually a day closer to your destiny and fulfillment. Maybe you've had lots of delay and setbacks in this season, but you are actually, as long as you just keep stepping, you will walk into the fullness of your calling. How do I have a dream that won't die? You have to understand a dream delayed is right on time. A dream delayed is right on time. Habakkuk chapter two and verse three. These things I plan, God says, won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, how many of you think most of the things God does seem real slow? If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. I don't know why it seems like it takes so long, but God knows exactly what he's doing. His ways are not our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are our God's thoughts above ours. He knows exactly what he's doing, exactly what, what he's planning. I mean, if I were me, I mean, and I was in charge of my destiny, I would just unlock it immediately. I would just, I would, I, I drove by the Mega Millions board today on the way from Plaza to North, and I'm like, yes, Lord, 180 million. Just transfer that, just do a divine transfer right into the account. We fed a million people. Think about how many more we could with, I would just do it that way. But God's into development, and God's into character. And God's into things that matter for forever. And this is why he allows there to be some patience, some persistence before there's that payoff in our life. Remember, he's the alpha and the omega. He's the author and the finisher. He's the beginning and the end. But between alpha and omega in the Greek alphabet, there's 22 other letters. And sometimes he takes us through a little theta, a little epsilon. Like it's, he takes, he's not the alpha beta. Like it doesn't happen immediately, it takes some time. And this is why the word of the Lord for many of you today is be patient. 
Don't just be sitting around waiting. Keep working. Keep leaning. Stay on your knees praying. Keep believing. Keep confessing. Keep declaring. Keep working towards the dream. But he is always faithful to complete what he promises. But the word of God says in Galatians 6, there is a harvest for those that just choose to not surrender and give up, but choose to surrender to him and keep going. And we've seen that viral video. In fact, some of you in the church have done it where you give a kid an Oreo. Have you seen this one? And then they leave the kid and say, hey, if you, if you hold on to that for five minutes, we'll come back and we're going to give you two. And then they video this poor unsuspecting victim child and then they watch the kids smell it and lick it and like get so close. But the ones I've seen for the most part, they don't eat it. And when they come back, they, they get a reward. And it's a cute little story, but I feel like God does that sometimes with us, not to break us down or to wear us out, but he loves to reward us. And sometimes, hey, if you can hold on to this little, I'll come back and make it right. I'll come back and add to the portion that you have. If you can be faithful with where you're at right now, in the future, I will have even greater for you. This is the principle of the kingdom. This is the way that God works. And there's power. There's power in the process. To have a dream that won't die, you have to realize when something is happening to me, God is doing something in me. That's a word for someone today because you just had bad news this last week. These last 16, 18, 20 weeks have been a roller coaster of emotion and struggle in your life, but you're realizing what's happening to me. God's actually using it to do something in me. First Peter chapter one, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is real, authentic, it's genuine. If it's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far, from, is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. If you want to skip all the storms, you're going to miss out on the school of God. That God allows the trials and the struggles Again, not to beat you down, but to actually bless and promote you. And this is why you have to have a look up, level up moment right here, right now. Change your perspective forever. That every problem that comes against me is a pathway toward God's promotion. Because I get to choose my spirit. I get to choose my response. I'm not reacting to situations. I'm responding. I get to choose what I believe. And if I'm facing, like, listen, I think if you're facing more trials than ever before, it's a great sign that you're about ready to break through to something unbelievable. I think about on football when like you're on the goal line stand. The, the, the enemy, uh, the other team like will put in all the biggest guys to stop them from getting the last few yards. And the same way I feel like it's happened in some of your lives. It's like this constant attack and it's been more than ever before. It's happened just at the time when you're about ready to break through. As fire refines your faith, I think it also brings the focus off of you and puts it onto Jesus. Romans 8, 29. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as his son as the life of his son, Jesus. In other words, God's dream for you is to become just like Jesus. Jesus who left the glory of heaven to get through the grind of earth. Jesus who had tons of adversity 
and yet he had a dream. He had a, a vision set before him, he endured the cross. He was looking to save all of humanity. He had a, the most sacrificial, not self-centered, God-centered, others-focused dream of all time. And yet even with that kind of sacrifice and surrender, with all the grace and the power of God on his life, in his life, he still faced unbelievable adversity. He had family problems. He was isolated. He had rejection. Everybody wanted a piece of him until it was no longer popular to follow him. And everyone bailed on him. Jesus faced unbelievable persecution, problems, pain, and yet he endured. And it says, hey, from the very outset, God's been wanting to shape your life to become just like his son. As a son and daughter, he wants you to grow up to become more like your big brother, Jesus. And this is why he's allowed us to go through some things. And that's why you have to have a heart that isn't offendable. And if someone does against me, that doesn't have anything to do with them. It's about the destiny inside of me. I don't battle against flesh and blood, principalities and powers. That's what I'm fighting against. There's an enemy that's trying to hold me back. So I'm not gonna hold any offense towards a person. Jesus says in Luke 17, it's impossible that no offense would come. It is coming your way. This is why you have to hold on. I'm not mad at people for what they didn't do, what promises they broke. That's what we see in Joseph's life. When he has a chance to repay evil for evil, when the dream comes to pass and his brothers are bowing before him, literally asking for his help, not knowing that it is Joseph who's in charge of Egypt, he actually blesses them. He actually does everything he can to bring them in. He forgives. In fact, he had a perspective, which is much like the perspective of Jesus. He said, what you intended to harm me, God actually intended for good, Genesis 50. Goes along with what the Bible says, Paul writes in Romans 8, 28, for we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. In other words, God was working this out for something greater. I feel like some of my greatest disappointments in life have turned out to be the lessons I needed to learn to level up as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, as a leader. And now going back, I would never wanted to go through it in the moment, but what I've seen on the end goal, on the end of it, has actually made me better. Actually matured me and has grown me. I think you need to make sure that your team, that you add a team to your dream. This is why church is so vital. I know I'm preaching to the choir, those that showed up to church on the kind of our soft launch comeback Sunday. It's great to see you. Those that are watching online, we love you from a distance. Just kidding. Um, uh, you need to have a, a God team that's added to your dream. You cannot get there on your own. It's about environment. It's about vision. It's about perspective. It's about people rallying around you in your time of need. It's about you pouring out for others' dreams to see yours come to pass as well. You know, a shark that is kept in an aquarium will grow to be about a foot, but that same species put in the big ocean can grow eight, 10 plus feet. Environment matters. Some of you have just been living in a little puddle of your own protection, and God wants to actually open your life to this big kingdom world that he's called us all to so they can enlarge your capacity so you can truly become everything he's desired for you to become. Final thought is this, God dreams require God involvement. You cannot get there on your own. Genesis 39, verse two, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And even though his outside world didn't prosper in Potiphar's house 
or in the pit or in prison. God was building and maturing him through it all to be the kind of person that could rule from the palace. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what you're facing. Those watching online, I don't know your present difficulties. I know this, that God wants to get involved. God wants to show up. Luke chapter one, Jesus says, for nothing is impossible with God. So why are we trying to do it without him? When we have access to him, all the more so in times of adversity, make sure you're accessing the presence of the Holy Spirit. Make sure you're living your life according to the word of God. Make sure that you're a person that builds the church. Let's do this thing with God and we'll become all that he has called us to be. Psalms chapter 139, wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. Verse 11 says, it's impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me for your presence is everywhere bringing light into my night. Bringing, like turning the lights on on my dreams. Opening the door before me of my destiny. There's no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as the day. In other words, no matter how dark the nightmare seems like, I'm one encounter away from the lights being turned on. That's why we need that intimacy, that closeness with the Holy Spirit like never before. Ecclesiastes 5 says this, for in many dreams and in many words, there is emptiness. Rather, just fear God. It means honor God. He gets the right of way. In other words, all your dreams and all your words, hey, if there's so much of that, it can be empty. So what you need to do is just focus. I'm gonna honor God. I'm gonna follow God. I'm gonna invite God in. I'm gonna work this thing out with God. I want what God has for me. And so I don't have a multitude of dreams. My one dream, my one desire is to do what God has asked me to do. And if I would do that over time, I would walk in destiny and fulfillment and the beautiful future that heaven has designed just for your life. For every battle you've been in, every struggle that you face, every fear or anxiety that's come your way, God wants to show up right here, right now, give you fresh peace, fresh joy, fresh encouragement, fresh grace to grow you into the person He's always destined and designed you to become. Let me pray for you. Those online, those that have been in a storm, those that have lost a dream, I wanna pray for you, believing for God to go to work in that area of your life. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your power, for your patience with us. Lord, for every dream that has hit the ground, for every dream that's on life support, for every problem or struggle that seems impossible to overcome, God, we thank you that you're still faithful and you're still here. You have not left us or abandoned us in our own situation. No, all the more you want to secure us and strengthen us and carry us through to all that you've called us to. Lord, I thank you that we would make dreams about you, your purpose, your plan. We would begin to receive your grace in time of need. Grow us on the inside, because it's about the problems that are facing us. Lord, they're there to develop us, to mature us. Lord, I thank you that we shift our attention off of ourselves onto you and onto others. And when we do that, we know it is just a matter of time before the dream comes to pass. I speak fresh life, fresh faith, fresh hope into every heart. Those that never believed that there was a God vision for their life, Lord, I thank you by your Holy Spirit, you're going to reveal it right here, right now. And Lord, let it be said about Hillsong, Kansas City, that this is a house, this is a home where dreams come to pass. This is an environment where people can grow into the fullness of their God-given calling. In Jesus' mighty name, 
Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate for just a moment? God spoke anything to you?